Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Star Wars 7x7 episode 2,221. Today, we're going to conclude our series of looks back at the interviews conducted with George Lucas on the set of The Empire Strikes Back as chronicled in Once Upon a Galaxy. Punch it. Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy. And thank you so much for joining me for it. So we have arrived at the end of a series of looks back at George Lucas in 1979 as he was interviewed by Alan Arnold on the set of The Empire Strikes Back. This was done for the book Once Upon a Galaxy, which is a journal of the making of The Empire Strikes Back, a remarkable artifact of its time, not just for the fact that it was able to capture so earnestly the making of The Empire Strikes Back and interviews with its cast and crew, but also for the transparency of talking about a franchise movie being made at the time, just how different an experience that is to what you might learn and how people might talk about a franchise movie being made now in 2020. And in this final segment, Lucas is going to talk candidly about the practical and creative sides of his nature and how he deals with them and how his preferred method of working was changed by Star Wars. He's actually going to compare the movie making process to being a gladiator and he's also going to talk about the you know dichotomy of making Star Wars movies versus making the kinds of movies that he's generally interested in. Not to say that he's not interested in Star Wars, but just how Star Wars is a much different movie from, say, THX 1138, basically. I don't think he names that movie outright, but you know that's kind of what's really going on in his head. He's going to talk about content and art and craft, and, you know, it's, it's an amazing thing to have this book. And, you know, as we've mentioned here on the show, this book is actually kind of difficult to get, and I was just very lucky to have gotten it back in 79 or 80 when it came out and to still have my copy. It's been cited on social media as being a very cool thing and something that if you ever happen to stumble into a used bookstore again and are able to stumble across it, then you should snatch it up immediately. doesn't matter whether you have one copy or five. Grab one, grab one for yourself, grab one for a friend who loves Star Wars and ship it out. Yeah, absolutely find this book because it is just really remarkable. And so that's enough for me for the moment at least because there's going to be more from me in a minute as I dig in to this sixth and final part of the interviews with George Lucas from Once Upon a Galaxy. And we've talked about some of his motivational things, some of his uh, his likes and dislikes about directing and screenwriting and whatnot. And today I want to get into something deeper within his motivation and who George Lucas really is as a person because I found this particularly fascinating. Now this started off with a conversation about how Francis Ford Coppola indulged himself in making Apocalypse Now and how a $2 million movie turned into a $30 million movie that could have been made in one year instead of four. 
And Arnold begins uh, uh, following up on that by noting that Lucas is saying that talent shouldn't be pampered in a certain way. And Lucas replies that he believes in discipline. He believes that you must learn your craft and says the craft of filmmaking is very difficult, very technical, and very involved. I become impatient with people who aren't the best craftsmen, who don't know their job, who aren't really on top of things. I appreciate professionalism. I feel strongly that it's the absolute foundation of directing in whatever kind of film you're talking about. There's the content, the art, and the craft. The craft is getting your work done on time every day, getting all the stuff you need, overcoming the adversities. It's like being a gladiator and having to go into the ring each day. You have no idea whether you're going to go up against three men, one giant man, or two lions. Every day there are impossible problems. And one of the first things you learn at film school is that there are no rules. Filmmaking is making the impossible happen every day, and there are no excuses. And Arnold follows up by asking, You continue to suggest a division within yourself, between the artist and the practical man, the craftsman and the dreamer. And Lucas says, Yes, I have two sides, one creative and one practical, but I separate them. I accept and enjoy my practical side. It doesn't get in the way of my creativity. It's a part of it. People have said my films have no content, but the truth is they have much more content than most critics realize. People usually don't look beyond the surface of pure entertainment. For a film to be thought of as having content, it must have spelled out in bold letters, Look at the content! And Arnold says, putting yourself in risk financially may be a good creative discipline, which I think is probably very true. Lucas says, my nature is to do everything myself. I like to be the editor, the cameraman, the art director, and so on. Inside, I'm simply a craftsman, and if I weren't a filmmaker, I'd probably be a painter or a cabinet maker. Arnold says, I've always thought of you as a toy maker, if not a puppeteer. And Lucas says, I remember George Cukor saying to me once, you refer to yourselves as filmmakers. I don't like the word filmmaker. I'm a director. A filmmaker is like being a toy maker. I replied that a director sounds like somebody who runs a business, and I'd rather be a toy maker. My inclination is to make my own films, Lucas continues, and says, At first I was able to do that. I made films using very small crews. If something went wrong in the art department, I could just go and fix it myself. On Star Wars, I couldn't do that. I tried to be in complete control, to do everything myself, but it almost killed me. It was just too difficult, and I was miserable because I agonized over things not turning out my way. But I had to step back. If I were ever going to create on that scale again, I told myself I would have to do it through others. And that isn't easy. And Arnold said, do you ever wish you'd let it stop after Star Wars? Lucas says, at first I was contemplating selling the whole thing to Fox to do whatever they wanted with it. I'd just take my percentage and go home and never think about Star Wars again. But the truth of it is I got captivated by the thing. It's in me now. And I can't help but get upset or excited when something isn't the way it's supposed to be. I can see that world. I know the way the characters live and breathe. In a way, they've taken over. And Arnold says, so you decided to continue the saga. Lucas says, when I was in film school, I was into a very abstract kind of filmmaking. I want to get back to it, which brings me again to the research center. That's really the core of my drive to make this work. Movies cost a lot of money. You can't just go out and make them no matter how rich you are. You have to devise a mechanism, a funding machine that will allow you to make movies. Nobody has been able to accomplish this very well except by means of government subsidies. In the U.S. there are few subsidies. Not even the studios have the money to finance films without concern for their commerciality. So I learned the system and I beat it. Now I want to use it to make the kind of films I'm interested in, regardless of their commerciality. Now I want to talk about this dichotomy here, and not the dichotomy that Lucas is talking about between the practical and the creative, but that dichotomy between Star Wars versus making movies that he is interested in, which sort of implies that Star Wars doesn't interest him, even though he did say that it sort of captured his imagination and he was deep into the thing, as he puts it. 
But ultimately, this whole thing seems to be about control, about his ability to creatively control and to practically control every single aspect of the movie-making process. And these smaller abstract films are the ones that he is able to do that with, and Star Wars just blew up beyond his control. So it kind of begs the question, would he have been a happier man if Star Wars hadn't blown up the way that it did? Of course, you and I, as Star Wars fans, would not have been happy with that. So I hope this series has given you sort of a deeper appreciation of the things that were going on in Lucas's mind back in the late 70s as he was starting to deal with the enormity of what happened with Star Wars. I know it's done that for me, and it's giving me a new lens to look at what he's done with the prequels and how he approached selling off Lucasfilm for the sequels itself and a deeper understanding for the personal side of this, what it must have been like to go through the enormous success that Star Wars had and to figure out how to deal with that professionally and personally. So, I'd love- And there you go. That completes our look at the interviews with George Lucas from Once Upon a Galaxy. These, again, were recorded in December of 2014 in Orlando, Florida, and my time has passed, not just since the actual documenting of those interviews, but even since the recording of those episodes. It's amazing how time has flown and how different things are then and less recently than and now. And that's going to do it for today's episode of the show. Thank you so much for joining me for it, as always. I hope you were able to you know get an appreciation for the way Lucas was thinking back then. I hope it kind of blew your mind a little bit and you enjoyed it. And... Of course, may the force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2020 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.